This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Botox Cosmetic. Out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Lock up your latte machines, everybody, because the Arsenal lot are in town. That's right, it's the title decider, well, kind of, at the Etihad between City and those North, open brackets, South, close brackets, Londoners this evening. We'll be doing our very best to get you in the matchday mood, so stick around as we preview the big one and ask, is this where not only the title but also the treble could be won or lost for City. It's Wednesday the 26th of April. I'm Amos Murphy. I'm Adam Booker. And I'm George Gamble. And this is the City Report Podcast. Where is going from there? Manchester United 1, Manchester City 6, it's 2 for Dzeko. Tottenham Hotspur 3, Manchester City 4. They have made the impossible possible. We're Man City and we might be on the piss again. But if you're wondering where to pick up the best beer this side of the Atlantic, let me introduce you to Beer Monster, the online home of household brands, niche independent brews, and the famous Beer Monster Draft Tap, allowing you, the listener, to pour the perfect pint from the comfort of your own home. Head over to beermonster.com for free shipping on all orders over £35, and if you're quick enough, you can grab an extra fiver off any purchase between now and the end of April. UK residents only, 18 and over, drink responsibly. Oh, it's weird. I always have that, you know, when, when the big game's on and you see the date and it's so far in the future... You're looking at it, the 26th of April, no, it will never come. It will never come, it will never come. But here we are, Adam, the 26th of April, title decider, well, kind of, again, we'll get into that, at the Etihad Stadium. How are you feeling? Um, yeah, it's a, it's a weird one. Uh, I was on the phone with with a friend in Manchester this morning and talking about the game, and I was kind of thinking, well... I don't recall going into any games like this 
labeled as a title decider, especially with a team that is five points clear in first, feeling like the opposition essentially has no chance. And that's not necessarily that I feel that way, but the universal almost acceptance, it seems, from the media, from even Arsenal fans themselves, is they have no chance in this game. And that's a very weird universe or reality to be heading into a game with a team that is five points clear in first place. So it feels... Um, it doesn't feel like games against Liverpool in the past or Fergie's United, but the stakes are the same. It is so weird you mention it there, the fact that Arsenal are five points clear, yet after the the free-free draw against Southampton, even Arsenal fans themselves are writing themselves out the title race. I don't know if that's sort of some emotional damage or whatnot, but it, it the, the permutations of Bizarre will do our very best to cover them momentarily. But George, is, is this the biggest game? Welcome back, by the way. Is this the biggest game <laughs> of City season, do you think? Not even just so far. Obviously, say City gets to a Champions League final, that will be. But in terms of the Premier League being, as we know, the bread and butter for Manchester City, is this where it's won or lost? Uh, well, first of all, always great to great to be back. Um, in terms of your second point, if this I think this is I think this is the biggest game of the season so far. Not necessarily based on the fact that you know it's win or bust, because realistically, I mean, I don't think it will happen. But should we drop points here, I, you know, it doesn't it doesn't really mean anything. And I think we're that three or draw with Southampton on Friday night kind of gave us a bit of leeway. Um, but, but you know the margins are, are still so tight, and even with that, I still think we win the game. Um, I was speaking to a good friend of mine who's who's an Arsenal fan, um, and it, it does make me laugh because I think back to kind of even sort of you know ten years ago, and just feeling as though the team that I supported, the specialists of you know snatching defeat from the jaws of victory, just always finding a way to do things the difficult way. Arsenal fans are speaking in a similar manner and he was saying, no, we, we, we've ruined it for ourselves, we're done. And not only are the fans kind of mentally already thinking, yeah, we, we're done here, like we're not going to win it now. But I kind of feel like that's sort of edged into, into Arsenal slightly in the way they've performed. But for City, I do think this is the biggest game. I think this is an excellent opportunity to put down that marker and really put themselves in the driving seat to the point, you know, if we can go two points behind them, but we've still got those two games in hand, then it's a dream position to be in. And the last team you want chasing you is Manchester City. We've been here before. We've got the know-how. Um, so despite the permutation, despite where we're at at the moment, I do think this is the, potentially the biggest game of the season, Premier League-wise. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me just run through the table sort of straight off the bat. So for anyone who doesn't know exactly what's at stake going into this game, this is where we're standing. At the moment, City have played 30 matches. Arsenal have played 32. Obviously, you know Arsenal top City is second. Arsenal have 75 points, City have 70. Those two games in hand, obviously none of them are against Arsenal. So City could theoretically, as it stands with those two games in hand, go top of the table by one point. Obviously, Adam, if Arsenal win this game, it changes things quite massively because it means that they then go back into the driving seat. And I think after that, they'd only need to win five matches of the the rest of the season. I think a lot of the title talk becomes a lot clearer after tonight's game, doesn't it? But forget the the actual realistic, is it a must win for City? Because, well, no, it isn't because we know if they draw, then City still have it in their hands, blah, blah, blah. Is it a must win in the sense that City 
can't afford the, the sort of the last two, three, four weeks, whatever it may be, even before the international break in March, the good momentum that's been building up. Do they need to make a statement at home against this Arsenal team who many lauded them, many said, you know, me included, that they're going to run away with the title? Is this a chance now that even a 1 0 win? albeit would get the job done. You know, did City need to post four or five on Arsenal to go, you know, we are the big dogs, don't come at us? Not necessarily, no. And and like you said, mathematically, it's not a must win. But I think from a mentality point of view, I wouldn't, I, I hesitate to call it a must win, but um, it would be absolutely huge because that that at the moment, fairly or unfairly, is the talk surrounding Arsenal. It's not that they don't have the talent to to beat Southampton at home or win the you know, six or seven remaining games of the season. It's that they are failing from a mental point of view. Um, you know, we're seeing the, the silly mistakes at home, the Ramsdale error for the goal, um, you know, not marking a center back at the back post of a corner to go 3-1 down. These, these little mistakes that, you know, many have attributed to them being a young team. I think that's that's the narrative that you have to pounce on. And that's the narrative that any victory at the Etihad for City continues to kind of pile onto is, um, you know, true champions. If Arsenal were true champions, they would get something from this game, mm-hmm. right? They, they would, they would make their own statement that we actually, we're the team in control of this title race. Um, so absolutely it's, it's not mathematically a must win, but given just the, all the talk in the media, there's even whispers. We saw Mikel Antonio coming out saying that he's heard from you know direct sources within Arsenal that they're talking about City and looking over their shoulder and and saying, "Oh, look at how good they're playing." And um, you've you've got to take advantage of that. And I'm sure the players have that in the back of their mind. Um, the City players do. So um, yeah, you've got to make a statement. But I think any win is a statement. I don't. It doesn't matter if it's one nil on a 90th minute penalty. It's a statement win. Yeah, yeah, and, and obviously any kind of win puts City with enough breathing space to really probably have the title wrapped up before that last game of the season, or, or if not in the uh, before the last final week. But say, for example, George, it, it was to go to a draw. Obviously, that still puts City in, in command because they can win the two games in hand and go one point clear. I think the last of those games in hand isn't until the final week of the season against Brighton away, which obviously is by no means a formality. However, you would still fancy City to to match Arsenal's points tally and, and obviously go on and better it. But say, for example, for whatever reason, you know, City batter Arsenal. They have 40 shots, 35 of them on target. They may score a couple of goals, but we've seen it before with those Liverpool games that somehow Liverpool stick in. And I'm not saying Arsenal and Liverpool are comparable in that sense, but football sometimes takes over and, and those games happen. Say it's a 2-2. What do you think that means then going forward into the title race? City still have it in their hands, but does the momentum shift slightly in in that sense that Arsenal have weathered their mini blip? Obviously, there'll be another game without a win, but is there a chance? Is is there a sense that if City don't win, the pendulum swings once again in this topsy turvy season? I re- I really don't think so. Um, personally, I, I was kind of looking at Arsenal's fixtures, and you know, you could make an argument for for any team that anyone faces that they're playing for something, but you look at the fixtures. That Arsenal still have, and they are all against sides for one reason or another that have a really strong motivation to win. You know, they're obviously up against against Chelsea mm-hmm. as well after this, and we all know about Chelsea and how poor they've been. They're going to prove a point. They've got Newcastle, Brighton, Nottingham Forest, who are still fighting for survival, uh, and Wolves as well. You know, they're all really tough games, and 
for me, I I don't see them going through all of those games without dropping points. I just don't see it happening. And so for me, I'm. It's my, but I don't think this will be a draw. I don't think City and Arsenal will draw. I just I just don't see it. If you even look back in February, when I'd argue City weren't really they weren't firing quite on all the cylinders. You know they weren't playing at the heights that we are now. We always seem to get stronger towards the latter stage of the season when everything's on the line. And Arsenal were obviously very good then. Uh, but even so, they were still making so many mistakes up against City and City gambled on them. You look at Kevin De Bruyne's first goal um, in that one back in February. And again, it was off an Arsenal mistake. And I just think moving forward to tonight's game, it's, I think it's going to be very much a similar thing. But Arsenal are making even more mistakes. Mm. And at the Etihad, I, I just don't see how City do not win this game personally. And there's something quite magical about a midweek game under the lights at the Etihad, though you look at yeah, obviously yeah. The, you look at the the games sort of gone by, and you kind of think in terms of the ones we've had before. You had that Vincent Company header against United, that, the Rocket against Leicester, mm. Aguero's near post finish against Liverpool. Um, you know, there's there's always there's so many times down the years that you look at those midweek games at the Etihad, and for me, I, I can only see a City win. I feel as though Arsenal just meant, as you know, as Adam said. Mentally, I feel like they're now making mistakes. The things they did at the beginning of the season without even thinking, you know, there's passes into midfield, the transitions. Now they're overthinking things and think, I can't, I can't afford to make a mistake here. And that could be the difference maker. Well, you could absolutely see that once they were 2-0 down against Southampton, that it was sheer panic all the way from Rosette of the highest level of the Emirates down to, to Gabriel Jesus up top. It was absolute panic in the entire stadium. And you just, if you think of City going 2-0 down at home in a game in the title run-in, they wouldn't panic. I mean, the message from Pep would be, do exactly what we set out to do from the first whistle. And if you continue to do that and you remain patient, it'll eventually come. You look at Villa last year, the final day, 20 minutes remaining of that game, they're 2-0 down and need to win. They don't panic. They make a couple substitutions. They come from, come from behind, win the game. You don't see Arsenal doing that. You know, you, you see them absolutely panicking, forcing passes into the box. And, and yes, they, they came from behind and that was fantastic for them. And they, they almost snuck a victory in there. But you could see the panic written in their faces. You could see in the huddle, you know, they had that little huddle after 2-0 that they were just absolutely freaking out at the situation before them. And that right there is just, th- that's the difference. Mm. The difference in talent is from the first 11 of each team is not that that great you know mm. that's a fantastic arsenal team they have the ability to do it but it's it's all in their heads and i'm not saying they're weak-minded players they've just never been here mm-hmm. they don't know how to deal with going two nil down in a game in a title run in and they may learn and maybe they come back next year and they figure out how to deal with that but they, they, it was clear the, the panic was clear and i think that's that's the major difference I think it's a decent point, isn't it? That maybe if we we scan ahead to next year, and you know, a lot of the talk was the City Liverpool era, Klopp v Pep, etc. You know, perhaps maybe this Arsenal team does stick around. I, I have reservations. I think Manchester United are kind of coming good, um, and and the the, the the sort of peaking, and and they're going to get a little bit better under Ten Hag, and with some investment, they probably could challenge for a title down the line. There's another couple of teams in there as well, so maybe it isn't going to be a City Arsenal era, but at the same time these moments are invaluable for a team in the long run. It's whether or not they can, in Arsenal's sake, find the mentality in this part of the season to go to the Etihad Stadium and get a result. You know, a lot is made of the Etihad Stadium in terms of its emptiness, but 
I tell you what, in a title race, there are a few more vicious places to come as an, as an away team, as an away supporter. It is a hostile environment. And like you say, George, on those midweek nights, it gets absolutely bouncing. And and, and I think there's a, a bus meet earlier on, uh, sorry, later on today before the game to welcome the welcome the players if you're into that kind of thing. And, and I think that, you know, we are in for what hopefully is a memorable, memorable evening at the Etihad Stadium. Um, and that'll do for part one. Join us after this quick break as we start to look at who might play for City in tonight's game against Arsenal. Whisper it, people, but the treble is well and truly on. So gear up for what could be a potentially season-defining couple of weeks by heading over to Beer Monster. It's the place where you'll find all of your favourite household beers at refreshingly low prices and listeners can grab an extra £5 off any order between now and the end of April. What's more, with free shipping on all orders over £35, there is absolutely no excuse. UK residents only 18 and over drink responsibly. So then, let's start to look ahead towards the match itself, who might feature. Before we do, I just want to highlight, in the 30th minute of tonight's match, if you could, or if you're watching from home, of course, and you're wondering what's going on, there's a planned minutes applause for a City supporter called David Sid Holmes, who unfortunately passed away quite recently. So he he travelled from Northern Ireland to support the Blues, went over with his dad quite often. He he last got over to the Etihad for that win against Liverpool uh, earlier in the month. So if you're wondering, 30th minute applause for David. And just another quick one before we get into part two, Adam Booker, um, being the last minute man he is, forgot he has an appointment midway through the recording nonetheless. So he's had to run. George, it's just us two for the rest of the show. Let's start to indulge ourselves as we often like to do and make a fool of ourselves, which I say in that it's become quite easy lately because the team has has often picked itself. But one major concern heading into this, Nathan Ake obviously went out injured against Bayern Munich last week. He's not going to feature. I am 99% sure in saying is it a simple swap for Ayumeric Laporte? Obviously, left-sided centre-half played that role against, I think it was, I oh know, of course, he wouldn't have featured against um, against Sheffield United. He played in the Leicester game before Ake was injured. Is it a simple swip, uh, switch? He comes in? Or is it someone like Sergio Gomez? Probably not. He gets a go. Or is it more the, the, the sort of the direct comparison would obviously be a back four with Kyle Walker. How do you see City setting up that back line? Well, for me, it's... I kind of think of, uh, you know, if it's not broken, don't try and fix it. But we saw when Ake did go down and he was forced into that change, Laporte was straight on and slotted straight into to where Ake was playing. And I, I think it'll be much of a likeness there. I think we'll still stick with the back three. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me to see maybe Stones, Diaz and, and Laporte. Um, but there's some players who just are undroppable at the moment. And I am so pleased that I'm seeing no more Grealish slander on the timeline uh, at all. <laughs> and especially when one of your best friends is a Villa fan who constantly says, he, uh, 100 million, he needs to be doing this, he needs to be doing that. And I've not heard a peep from him. Grealish has been phenomenal. Um, so I'm fully expecting him to, to retain his place um, out on that left-hand side. But in a game like this, I feel like, you know, you need a Bernardo Silva. For those big games, I feel Bernardo Silva is absolutely pivotal. Mm. Um, so to see him potentially slight in the midfield, but... Maybe Mares on the right-hand side up against Zinchenko. You know, I love Zinchenko, but I do feel in a game of this magnitude and a game of this sort of calibre and what's on the line, Zinchenko is a weak link. 
We've seen it at times mm. for City before. It's, he struggles to contain his emotions. How often do you see Fernandinho you know, telling him to calm down and you know, just, <laughs> just to leave things alone? But he's a very emotional character. Um, and as much as I love him, I do feel he's the weak point of this. So and I think Mahrez could have him on strings. So for me, I think it could potentially kind of like a, maybe a 3-4-3, Gundogan and Rodri slotting in the midfield, possibly. Um, but again, it's Pep Roulette, isn't he? <laughs> you never know. Yeah. But, he has shown signs of keeping things similar. So, yeah, maybe just a straight swap for, for Laporte and Ake. But I was quite concerned with with Ake's injury. And if you'd have said to me I'd be concerned with Ake being out of the team prior to the season starting, I'd have probably asked you if you need me to call someone. But he's been utterly <laughs> phenomenal. Um, but I think because of the way the system is, I think Laporte will come in and, and slot him well. Um, but yeah, I think it's fairly standard for Arsenal. They're probably to play that 4-3-3. Saka and Martinelli either either side of Jesus. But... Um, but yeah, I definitely see starting with three at the back, maybe the four in mid and then the two in behind Haaland up top. It, it It's a really, really interesting team selection, I think, because two weeks ago, after that Liverpool game, after the uh, Leicester game, after the Bayern Munich game, you'd have plug and played the same 11 quite comfortably. You know, Bernardo Silva on the right-hand side, Nathan Ake in that sort of auxiliary left-back as he has done for most of the season. However, obviously Ake's injury, he's not going to be playing. Riyad Mahrez got a hat-trick at the weekend. So suddenly there are a few more headaches, as, as seems to be the case. And it's the benefit of having a talented squad. I don't think we have a deep squad, but we certainly have a talented squad. Um, what, what what do you make of then, we, we spoke about this a little bit on yesterday's show about Kyle Walker and his future at City, but it's weird, isn't it, the fact that we're heading into a potentially season-defining match this evening and Kyle Walker isn't even in the conversation? Yeah, it's a bit of an odd one. I mean, I kind of, obviously, you know, we're only privy to information in the sort of released in on the public domain you don't know if there's something mm. behind the scenes or for example a lot of the, the Cancelo stuff came around it was very very rapid and seemed to be his transfer seemed to be somewhat expedited um yeah it's a tricky one with Carl Walker lots coming out about whether he's even going to be offered a new deal seems unlikely at this point but I just also think he's very unfortunate in the fact we seem to have found a system that really works for us but mm. unfortunately that system doesn't utilise the strengths or doesn't have a place for Kyle Walker. Um, however, in games such as you know maybe this one, maybe in the likes of Real Madrid against Vinicius, that's where his skill set can come in handy. So I think it's a case of wait and see. But for me personally, I don't think it would be a surprise to see him maybe maybe shipped out. But it's it's, it's bizarre because only a few months ago I feel like he was still one of probably you no know, our strongest option. Um, so yeah, it's quite quite a bizarre one. I mean, I'm not sure kind of what you've made of it. I'm still trying to get my head around what where I'm where I'm at with it really. Yeah, uh, obviously, it kind of to to read between the lines, it came amid that sort of scandal. Maybe not the right word, yeah. but the the sort of yeah. the thing we we know what we're alluding <laughs> the thing. to it. Yep. Yeah, and you know the the contract talks were underway, and then suddenly they were dropped for for sort of a, a completely unknown reason. We know why the reason was, and I think maybe that is that has been pushed back to this summer, whether or not he he gets sold or not. I'd quite like him to see to see him stick around. Um, I think his experience can be invaluable to somebody like Rico Lewis, who's just learning mm. the trade, albeit a different sort of player, and obviously for the entire dressing room as well, especially if Ilkay Gundwan is to be departed 
Barton, which seems to be the case. But I think I'd, I think I'd like to see him stick around for one more year, go on a free transfer at the end of next season. But I, I just find it interesting, really strange, just how quickly football can change. The fact this time last year we'd have been absolutely heartbroken at the thought of Kyle Walker not in a team for a, a potential title decider, and now actually he's fit and, and raring to go, and, and it doesn't seem to be an issue. Um, let, let's let's look at the match itself and, and where the game may be won or lost then, because this is another intriguing factor about this game you almost feel like for Arsenal this season they've been a very electric team that that front three when fit Jesus Saka Martinelli I think the average age of that is about 23 and and that's mainly because Jesus drags it up so much you know Saka and Martinelli under under the age of 23 um it, it, it they've, they've done really well you know let's give them some credit they've been a really exciting team to watch however as we've seen at the back, they can be shaky and, and it looks as if William Saliba is going to be out for not only this game, but a large chunk of the season that's left to come. Does, if you're Mikel Arteta, uh, we're going to second guess the opposition manager, which we don't often do here, but if you're Mikel Arteta, do you sacrifice the um, the the sort of the balance of your team and try and reconfigure? I don't know if that would be to put Thomas Partey in centre-back, like, I don't know, I'm thinking back to when Pep played Rodri there or something like that. Or do you go with the 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 more tried but less trusted method of Rob Holding, who's obviously come under a lot of criticism recently for, well, quite frankly, not being good enough so far. And, you know, what a stage to maybe prove the doubt was wrong tonight. But against Haaland, you feel like that could be a bit of a mismatch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, trying to get into the mind of Mikel Arteta. <laughs> I, I do kind of feel sort of the less minuscule changes you can make to this winning formula. I know they've struggled in recent weeks, but it's been something that has worked for them throughout the course of the mm. season, something they're trying to improve on. If you're making wholesale changes to replace kind of one player, I think that can upset the dynamic. So I think that's why, you know, Rob Holding has taken that place. However, I've, when, I, when I've watched Arsenal, when I've seen Saliba alongside Magalhaes, they look so strong as a pair because it's quite clear they have that understanding. They can clearly depend on each other and they've mm. got that partnership. They know what's going on. However, Magalias next to Rob Holding, completely different ball game. It, it, they mm. just—it's just something not quite right there, and I can't put my finger on what it is. But you're seeing it in some of the results, you know, in some of the performances, some of the the goals that they're conceding. Um, it's it's a defense that doesn't quite work for me. However, it's you know out of necessity that Rob Holding is playing there because let's have it right. If, if Saliba was fit, Saliba starts. It's it's as simple as that. But so I do think that's that's a weak point for them. But as I mentioned before, I, I won't go over the points again. I've kind of listed it there, but I do think Zinchenko will be will be a weak link there. And I, as I mentioned earlier in the pod, I just feel the way Arsenal are playing right now, they're playing on their nerves. They've been absolutely hounded by Manchester City for, for months. Mm. And sooner or later, that's going to take its toll because we're still right there. We haven't gone away. And... Yeah, they are new to these kind of situations. And the only way you build resilience to situations is by consistently immersing yourself within them. This is their first time here. So I just, I feel as though, and now we're getting towards the business end because it's easy to sit back when you've got 15 games to go and think, right, well, if something goes wrong here, we've got plenty of time to make up for it. It's okay. But now you're getting to the point, well, if we lose here, suddenly it completely changes the whole complexion of our season. Mm. So for me, I just think City have been here before on home soil where they're absolutely ruthless. I, I don't see how Arsenal, you know, they might score. Don't get me wrong, because City, we always give a chance. The opposition, we always do. <laughs> but there's no way I, I see Arsenal keeping us out. And, you know, you look at Haaland, just absolutely 
love him. So what is it? Thirty-two league goals this season. Twenty of them. Yeah, he needs one to, to break the record outright. Exactly, and he's a man who's got that kind of motivation. You know, he want he's quite clear when you watch Harland, he's absolutely buzzing for anyone else who scores because he's just happy. <laughs> but you know, for a fact, if he's going to want to get his name on the score sheet, he does every single game, and he's been prolific on home soil. It's he's just been phenomenal to watch, and you know, those evening games, like I mentioned, there's just a particular magic about them. Mm. Um, and for me, I just think there's so many different variables, so many different factors that Arsenal will not be able to handle. And unfortunately for them, they're, they're missing one of the best centre-halves as well. Yes, that for me, that's where the game's won and lost. I feel it's Zinchenko's emotions, a complete lack of understanding between Magalhaes and Rob Holding. And it'd be interesting to see, you know, how does Rob Holding, he's only human, how does he deal with all of this criticism? You know, he's... Does he try too hard to try and prove a point, make mistakes? You know, there's a lot of question marks there. Um, so, yeah, it's, you've got to be professional because Arsenal, this, as you said, we've got to give them the respect. So there's me tearing them apart. But they have been <laughs> they have been fantastic this season and you can't deny them that. But the way they've been lately, now they've got a trip to the Etihad. Yeah, I can only see one outcome here and hopefully it's the right one. It, it, it is make or break for Arsenal, isn't it? And, you know, City have been here before. They'll likely be here again. Arsenal may or may not, as we mentioned, be here again. We don't know. But it, 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 I feel like it's going to be one of two things. It's either going to be real gutsy, sort of backs the wall, but they get a job done. They maybe escape with a point for Arsenal or, you know, snatch a win somehow. I think City will dominate quite comfortably. Or it's going to be a rude awakening. It's going to be a chasing experience. Haaland's going to score 14 goals and City will finish the night with the record Premier League. When, you know, obviously that isn't going to be the case, but it feels like it could be a trouncing or it could be a, a sort of a, a collective moment for us. I don't know. I'm really conflicted as to what to expect. But um, I, think we'll, I think we'll bounce out of here before we sort of send ourselves into a frenzy. George, thank you very much for jumping on. It's been an absolute pleasure. No, thank you for having me once again. Always happy to be back and uh, looking forward to the game. Super stuff. I'll sign out for Adam as well, considering you had to run to the doctors. But um, <laughs> if you haven't already, there is still plenty of episodes you can go back to and listen to before tonight's match. Hit follow, hit subscribe as always. Until next time, which hopefully will be celebrating a City win against Arsenal. We'll see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.